Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. Guys, thanks for checking out the Rich Corey Yanks podcast, episode number 16 of season two. Um, I'm going to do things a little different again this week, only because my frustration level is at uh, peak right now, and I don't want to take that out on you, the listeners of the show. So I want to be somewhat professional and offer kind of a warning before we get into the body of the show. It's going to be a little bit different. So what I'm going to do is, uh, before I get too far in the weeds, I'm going to uh, remind you guys, if you have questions for the show, Rich Corey Yanks. Uh, at gmail.com is email address and all the social media aspects, Rich Corey Yanks on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. So please feel free to reach out. That being said, I'm going to um, start the show. I'm going to give you a little bit of, uh, we're going to give you the audio clips we usually give you every single week, but that's what we're going to end the show with rather than uh, me coming on, doing a recap, blah, 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 and then doing a, a you know, a breakdown of what happened last week, because I'm going to do one whole body of the show rant here. We're going to do that. And then, uh, after that, I'm going to give you the audio clips for you guys to listen to. Um, and then the show is just going to end. So, uh, we'll be right back in a second with the rest of the show. Yankee fans, Rich Core Yanks fans, thanks again, guys, for listening to the show every week. I really do appreciate it. The, the 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 support is truly appreciated. I don't know what else to say besides that. Especially when uh, things are bad, it seems like it's a funny thing. The the more angry I get, the more uh, downloads I seem to get. I don't know what that says about you guys or what it says about me. But here's the deal: I'm going to talk a little bit. I'm going to rant a little bit. I'm going to vent a little bit um, because I can, and because you guys are listening, or maybe you're not listening, or maybe you're just laughing at me. But who knows? Listen, this was probably the worst ye- week in Yankee history that I can remember since I'm a little kid. Just to give you some insight of me, I'm in my 40s, late 40s. Uh, I've been a Yankee fan since I was a little kid. Since I re- as early, my earliest rec- recollections at five years old are watching Yankee games. Uh, I was taken to a Yankee game when I was a kid. Very young, somebody in the neighborhood took a bunch of kids to a game. Believe it or not, that actually happened back in the day. You would just send your kid uh, off with somebody from the neighborhood, and they would take them to a game. Uh, different times, but whatever. It was, it was a doubleheader. I'll never forget it. Walking through the tunnel, seeing that bright green grass. Uh, to this point, I had only seen a Yankee game on a black and white television. My house, no sports fans, period. 
um, let alone Yankee fans. Nobody in my house was ever going to watch a Yankee game. So the only actual Yankee game I saw, I had a little black and white television in my room. It was an old hand-me-down. I think somebody had thrown away. Um, and I'd watch the games on Pix 11 in New York um, for all you New Yorkers up there. And, uh, you know, it was um, Bill White and Scooter Phil Rizzuto calling the games. I fell in love with it. But I remember walking through that uh, the upper deck. We had uh, cheap seats. And walking out of that tunnel and looking at and seeing how green the grass was. And this was the old Yankee Stadium, or my old Yankee Stadium, we should say. We'll call this Yankee Stadium version two, I guess. Um, and seeing that facade and the outfield and uh, the smell of the crowd, it just, I was hooked. Uh, and I could never stop. Back then, it was a one admission doubleheader, none of this dual admission thing. And, you know, they won the first game, lost the second game. And I was, it was, it was the best day of my life. I, you know, I can still recall it. It was great. Um, and I was hooked. I was a Yankee fan for life. So, you know, I, it, my, my life went on to, uh, you know, obviously a lifelong Yankee fan to cutting school to sneak to games during the day, which, you know, still as a young kid, I can't believe I was taking buses and subways and catching day games, cutting school, you know, catching the subway in the South Bronx in the late seventies, early eighties, which was something else altogether, but it was what it was. So, giving you a little bit of the history guys and a little bit of my dedication, how much, how long I've been a fan. I can honestly tell you that I've never seen a worse offensive team in my life than the Yankees are right now. And you can say it's a lot of different things, guys. I've heard a lot of people say, well, they're a home run hitting team. That's what they do. They hit home runs. If they don't hit home runs, they can't win. These are professional athletes. These are major league baseball players. These guys have been playing baseball since they could walk. You don't get to this level on a whim, having just picked it up. You've done this your whole life. These guys played Little League. They played travel ball. They played middle school. They played high school. Some of them played minor leagues. They, they played college. These guys have been playing baseball forever. They don't know how to hit a single. They don't know how to adjust on the fly and hit the ball the other way. It is disgusting to see these guys smack into double play after double play after double play because they don't know how to hit the ball to the opposite field or they can't get a situational hit. Are you effing kidding me? I always thought it was a joke. Oh, this guy can't bunt. This guy can't bunt. I was like, how, how could that be? How could you be a major league baseball player and not know how to bunt? I don't care. You've got, play, you've got 18 coaches on this team. Guess what? Spend a day learning how to bunt. Spend a half hour every day learning how to bunt. Spend a half hour every day during batting practice learning how to slap the ball to the other hand. Do what Yogi Berra did. See the ball, hit the ball. That's it. Stop trying to hit the ball 600 feet. Hit the ball to the opposite field. Oh, this team's not built for that. I actually heard talk today. I don't know, one of these reporters, the Post, the News, something like that. Oh, Cashman might be thinking of the possibility of, of, of ripping it apart and getting assets and starting fresh next year. We're six games back. With 100 games to go, we are six games back. And it's over? Are you effing kidding me? Six games out with 100? We can't make up six games? Are you guys really giving up on the season? I'm as frustrated as you are. I am furious. It is ugly. It's terrible. It's been awful baseball to watch for a long time. This is a team that won 100 games two years in a row before the pandemic. It was in the playoffs last year. You're giving up because we're six games out? Yeah, it's ugly. It's hideous to watch. We're giving up with 100 games to go? We're ready to pack up the season and trade off assets? Are you kidding me? Are we honestly saying that one through nine beside, or one through eight, these guys besides Judge are not going to hit this year? That's it? Come on, guys. 
Be smarter than that. You can be mad. You can complain. Now, I'll get to some of my complaints because I got a ton about about the team. But giving up on a team with 100 games to go is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We've played the Red Sox three times this year. Okay? Got 16 more games, 15, 16 more games with these guys. Plenty of time to make up six games. So everybody calm down. Everybody come off the ledge. Everybody relax a little bit because that's what the Yankees need to do, right? Relax. Wrong. They don't need to relax. Somebody needs to get this team fired up, and that's going to be the main point of my rant today, which is, is Aaron Boone the right guy to get these guys through, to get this team through this period of time? He's hired because he's good with the media. He's hired because he's a people's person. He's going to basically do whatever the front office wants him to do. Hey, he's in a tough spot. That's what most managers do now anyway. I can't blame him for that. What do they need right now? Him getting thrown out of games is not going to do it. You know what? Ironically, they needed Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi would go in the cl- would go and throw a bat rack in the clubhouse. He'd put a bat through a vending machine to get these kids' attention. That's what they are, kids, for the most part. Spoiled kids. Entitled kids. Who have not been told no before. Aaron Boone is not the right voice for right now. Aaron Boone, when you got the team rolling, is a great cruise control guy. He's going to deflect some of the attention. You can tell he's almost trying to get thrown out now. He doesn't know what to do. He's not the bad cop. And they don't have anybody on that team that is. Listen, they don't have a vocal leader. Aaron Judge is a great ball player. He's not a leader. He's a lead-by-example guy. And Brett Gardner, I'm sorry. When you're batting under 200 and striking out three times a game, you're not going to be a leader. That guy can't be the leader on the team. So you don't have a leader on the team. Short of bringing a leader in, which I don't know how that works, unless you bring some old school veteran or you bring somebody back. You know, I I, I don't even know how that works. But Buck Walter, bring Buck back. You know why? Because Buck would get this team under control. Buck never very rarely flipped out on the field a few times. But for the most part, it was in the dugout and it was in the clubhouse. And he's professional enough to keep it quiet and keep these guys' egos in check and keep their pride under control. But we need so we need a Billy Martin up in here. We need something. Something to fire these guys up. Can't bench anybody because you got nobody fucking left because our lineup is constructed so bad right now because nobody hits. Have you ever seen a worse lineup, one through nine, batting average in your life? And don't tell me batting average doesn't matter anymore. Nobody cares about batting average. Yeah, tell you can tell they don't care, which is why we're so awful. That's why we don't score any goddamn runs. There's no Derek Jeter on this team. There's no Posada to throw, to throw down. There's no Paul O'Neill going to beat the water cooler. That guy's not here. And the kids are too young to step up and do it. DJ doesn't do it. Judge doesn't do it. They're not those kind of players. I think Voight could be that kind of player, but he can't stay healthy long enough to be on the field. And you're bringing up a bunch of kids. That being said, a few things that I said that that, that I believe need to happen. Number one, Brett Gardner is a bench player. Florial needs to be on this roster now. Forget going out and signing some big contract outfielder. It's not what you need. Bringing another high-priced talent that's not hitting. Everybody would bring a Travis, Travis Story. Look at his stats this year, guys. He's not hitting either. Bring up Florio. Put him in center field let him play every day. 
Leave flip, let Frazier and Andujar flip flop and left. Let them platoon. Let Judge play right. And when you need to spell Judge, you move Frazier over to right, and you flip flop Gardner. When Florio needs a day off, then Gardner gets his reps. He should be under no circumstances have more than two games a week. None. Get Florio his at bats now. Let's see what we got. He's not going to kill you, and you don't have any other options. You're not bringing Mike Trout in here. Clearly. Okay. So as far as the team is constructed, there's no big free agents that you can make. Seve's on his way back. That's great. That's perfect. But we know starting pitching hasn't been our problem. We're, we've been very good. If you would have told me that our starting pitching staff would have looked like it is, obviously without Kluber getting hurt this year, I would have taken it in a million, and all of you would have too. You would have taken it in a second. Starting pitching, bullpen, not our problem. Britain about to come back. Going to lengthen that bullpen even more. We get rid of the Nestor Cortezes of the world. Nick Nelsons don't get another sniff. You make your mainstays of your bullpen. The Greens, the Britons, the Chapmans, the Johnny Lasagna. And you call it a day. Starting rotation, Seve slides in. Seve, Montgomery, Cole, Herman. Flip that fifth guy around until Kluber gets back. Talion, you're good. I'll take it. I'll take it. None of that is answering the question. These guys got to hit, guys. This is the team. These guys don't hit. We're screwed. They got to hit. And they always have. So there's nothing to tell me that they wouldn't. So, am I condoning firing Boone right now? No, not yet. Maybe the day off helps and maybe they come out of it. They got a couple games and another day off. Maybe they come out of it. They've got a hit. They've got a hit. But the pressure doesn't seem to be helping either. Everyone's going to complain about the pitch. Yes, I saw the pitch to Odor. I watch every pitch just like you guys. It was an awful call. Makes no difference. If he got the call or didn't get the call, he would have struck out or grounded into a fucking double play anyway. Because that's all they do. None of these guys can be counted to get a big hit in a clutch. None of these guys are clutch. I love DJ LeMahieu. Guys, he stinks right now. He's awful at the plate. Awful. Torres, awful, inconsistent. Frazier, embarrassing at the plate. Gardner, embarrassing at the plate. Only one's hitting on this team, let's be honest, Andujar, who doesn't really have a position, Judge, and Sanchez, who everybody's ready to run out of town, you know, a couple weeks ago. Oh, Higgy's got to start every day. Okay. Now Higgy's awful and he doesn't hit. Listen, I'm just as bad as you guys are. We're all reactionary. Yankee fans are like that. We react quickly. We overreact to things. It's why the podcast is a day late today. Would have been out yesterday, but I wanted to take a day to calm down and relax and not think about it for a minute. If I'm in charge of the Yankee universe right now, I do a couple of things. I call Aaron Boone in the office. I call the coaches in the office and find somebody in that room that can communicate with these players one way or the other. Closed door meeting. You don't got to worry about media down there anymore right now. Closed door meeting. This is what we're going to do. 
You got to send somebody down to make a point? Do it. You got to send Frazier down and bring Florio up? If that's a move you got to make, then you got to do it. I love Frazier's defense. I love his bat. He's not hitting. It's not working. You need to make a move for somebody? I don't see where they're going to play or who you're getting rid of to do it. Glaber's playing good defense at short. You can't complain about him there. Any moves you make on the infield are going to cost you Luke Voigt. So say you do bring in a shortstop. You bring in a story. Then you got to slide Glaber to second. DJ goes plays first. Geo's you're not moving at third. What is Voigt? Voigt's a bench player now? Come on, guys. You getting rid of Voigt? What are we doing? The home run leader last year? The team is constructed right now that can win. This is the same team that's won for the last three years. Why wouldn't they win now? They're better than they were. They're healthier than they were. They're going to hit. And I know it's frustrating. Just hold your breath. Hold your nose. Hold your breath and get through this period right now because they're going to hit. I promise you. Our, my biggest fear is that the pitching doesn't hold up because I don't know how much longer the pitching can hold it together. And now with these new cracking down on the sticky substances, does that hurt Cole? Does that hurt Herman? Who else is using the sticky stuff? You know, that could work one of both ways. It could hurt the pitching staff, but could also help the Yankees. Is that part of the reason that they're striking out a million times? Then again, look at the Rays. The Rays strike out more than the Yankees, yet they're six games up on us. Because they score runs. They move runners over. They can play small ball. We say small ball like it's a dirty word. You can play small ball without bunting. It's called hit and sacrifice flies. Last time I checked, that was that was a pretty power move to hit the ball to the warning track to get a run in. Situational hitting or quote-unquote small ball doesn't have to be bunts in small ball. Hit the ball as hard as you want, Stanton. Hit it to the other side of the infield. Get the runner over. It can be done. It's been done before. So let's hold our breath, guys. We're, we're in Minnesota tonight. Um, hopefully this is the start of something. Um, I'm pretty sure we got Pineda going against us today, so the former Yankee. So it's uh, Minnesota for three, then an off day. Two games against Philly, then an off day. So, I mean, it's the most off, off days that they're going to have next to each other. Short of the all-star break. You got one day off, play three games. One day off, play two games. One day off, then you got a pretty long stretch of uh, six games. One day off, and then another long stretch. It's Minnesota for three, then Philly for two, and then we'll talk about how they did this week, guys. Hang in there, Yankee fans. It can only get better. What a mess. So if we were going to sit back, and say that this week was important to tell us where the Yankees are, well, they're in fourth place. Uh, they won two and they lost five against their two division rivals. They are now behind the Blue Jays, and they're six and a half games out of first place. It, it's not good. Uh, it, it has not looked good for a while now. They cannot score over four runs a game. Uh, they do not play clean baseball. They do not run the bases well. And on top of that, on top of that, you have to have a situation where an umpire misses a call by a half a foot in the bottom of the ninth inning with Rugnetto door pinch hitting. And I, I, I'm sorry, I, I tweeted this out last night. I'm not down for criticizing the umpires for every loss because there's so much that takes place before the umpire's call 
and usually so much that takes place after the umpire's call that you can't just blame it on that. But that was inexcusable. That was so inept. And the thing that bothers me, they don't make the umpire available. The umpire is not disciplined. I mean, if you do something so poor in your job, you're going to be called on the carpet. I, I doubt that he's going to be called on the carpet. And then Phil Nevin, who has a port in his neck because he's got medicine intravenously into his body, he comes out and gets thrown out. Then they throw out Carlos Mendoza, who was the wrong guy because it was Marcus Timms, the hitting coach, that was screaming Fordham University at the umpires. And he didn't even get thrown out. They threw out Carlos Mendoza. And, I mean, what a, what a perfect ending to an absolutely abysmal week for the Yanks. Um, there's so many things to cover about it. We'll get to all of it. But what a mess. Two and five. Split four games with Tampa Bay. Get swept by the Red Sox after you'd won three, uh, 11 straight games over the last couple of years uh, at Yankee Stadium against the Red Sox. You don't even show. You don't. The biggest crowd of the year last year, uh, last night. I was there on Saturday night. Had a great time. But they just don't hit. So if you're going to be bad and you're going to be boring, that is a really bad combination. Now they have today off. Then they'll go to Minnesota. And if you say, who are the two most disappointing teams in baseball? You'd say Minnesota would be first, and now the Yankees are second. So the Yankees better get very, very right with three games in Minnesota because Minnesota loses to everybody now. Yankees have to win three games. I'm sorry, you have to win three games. You have to bounce back from a performance like you had over the weekend by just flexing and beating a team that you're supposed to beat. Well, I, I don't know where to begin, Michael, but usually when we get down to criticizing a team that is collapsing and underachieving like this. It, this is part. This is this is the joy I think of a talk show to be able to to dissect and start getting into why a team is in the situation that they're in and all that. And in any other sport, there'd be somebody to blame. Who do we blame? Because it, it'd be easy for me to come on the air and say, all right, fire Boone, fire Cashman. I don't know who to blame here. I know the fans have targeted both. But specifically, recently, Boone, and you were talking about the uh, called third strike and Odor. How is everybody getting thrown out but him? Honestly, how is everybody getting thrown out but him? A manager is supposed to protect his players, is supposed to protect his assistants. He's got to be the one to get thrown out of that game. But is he to blame for this team being six and a half games out of first place and just two games above 500? Because we go back and forth like a pendulum, Michael. Oh, well, don't blame Boone because there's a there's a fundamental flaw with how this team was built. All right, well, let's blame Cashman. Well, you can't blame Cashman because look at the success the team has had. Well, who do we blame, Michael? Who, who's who got the target on their back? Is it the manager? Because if it's the manager, today would have been the day, right? Day off. You're, you've got a, a winnable road trip here so you can give a nice soft landing to the new manager. If it's the manager's fault, today would be the day. If it's the general manager's fault, you know, uh, how often do you see general managers get fired in the middle of the season? Are they going to be able to re reboot everything that they've done by bringing in a new general manager? So I don't know how you fix this. Well, I mean, I, I thought about this a lot coming in because I knew that callers would probably say, well, who gets blamed? And I'm sorry. The guy who gets blamed for this is Brian. And you know, for the longest time, I'm a big Brian fan. And just because I think this is his fault... That doesn't mean that I'm not a big Brian fan. This team is poorly put together. Uh, they're very limited in what they could do. Um, there doesn't seem to be any kind of balance in the lineup whatsoever. We've had callers for the longest time. Why don't they have lefty batters in the lineup? It's, it's criminal that they don't. 
And when you've got a, a bullpen full of right-handers like the Red Sox do and like the Tampa Bay Rays do, you don't match up with them because you have no balance whatsoever in your lineup. You have lanes that a manager could bring in a righty and just get you out. So um, usually a manager gets banged at a time like this. But I will tell you this, if Brian would fire uh, Aaron Boone right now, he'd be the biggest hypocrite of all time. Aaron Boone is is executing his vision, Brian's vision, and his front office's vision, and working with the tools that Brian gave him. Now, the fact that Aaron Boone didn't get thrown out yesterday, I have no problem with that. This guy's been thrown out more than any manager in baseball. Just, just early this week, he had veins popping out of his neck and got thrown out. Maybe he just felt that he was trying to exude some calm to his team so they wouldn't panic, and then Phil Nevin got thrown out. I mean, if he had got thrown out on top of Nevin and Mendoza, they wouldn't have anybody managing. They'd have the catching coach come out and play a manage, uh, coach at first base and have the first base coach, Reggie Willits, go out and do the third base coach in the bottom uh, of the extra inning. So I don't blame Boom for that. I know a lot of people jumped on him for that. But the bottom line is this team is poorly constructed. They're a one-way ticket. We've always said that the only way the Yankees win is when they hit home runs. They are not hitting home runs. They don't know how to create runs. They don't know how to play small ball. You saw what the Red Sox did yesterday. Some of their best players. They would just hit a ground ball to the right side, move the guy from second to third, sack fly. That's not in the Yankee bag of tricks. I don't understand why. They're all up there. All they do is strike out or hit home runs, and the home runs they hit are usually solo shots, and that's why they are where they are, Peter. So right. I, so, so, tell me how we move forward here, because when we talked about this Friday, you essentially said that on this team, we do not have a lineup of players that are capable of adjusting and doing what the Red Sox do. Um, at times this year, Judge has been Aaron Judge and has hit the ball. He's in a decent spot right now. Not great, not bad. Stanton has had moments. We had that 11-game period where he was fantastic, but by and large has not been special. So what do you do if you're not able to hit home runs and you're not able to play small ball? You probably don't, you, you probably don't make the playoffs. If you don't start hitting home runs soon, you probably don't make the playoffs. That's all there is to it. So... Obviously, you know, we got to build off of it and, and show up tomorrow and, and try to get another W that's a little bit easier than that one. When you have six relievers combined, six scoreless innings uh, after Herman, how can you sum up the way this bullpen has, uh, you know, what, what this bullpen really has meant to this team? They've been dominant all year, you know. I mean, they've they've kept us in games. They've, they've won games for us. And, you know, it's just been a, a pretty consistent theme with those guys in the back end of the pen all year. So, you know, obviously playing behind them can be slightly boring because they don't give up a lot of uh, action out there. But, you know, that's that's a good thing. And, and they kept us in that game. And, you know, the, the offense obviously, you know, did enough to win. We'll take the next one from Tom Merriam. When you're coming up in the 11th, are you thinking about how badly the team needs a win right there? Uh, there's there's a lot of thoughts, you know, going through your head right there. And, and obviously, 
you know, I think one of the biggest and hardest things to do in situations like that is to to try to stay within yourself. You know, you see a lot of guys go up there and, and swing really hard and, and the crowd oohs and ahs because they think that a home run's coming. So, you know, I was just trying to stick within myself. I had a plan and an approach because Kittredge is, is he's really good. And, you know, obviously things went my way and, and I think there's a lot of people that are happy that it did. We'll take the next one from Matthew Roberson. you know next time uh but you know obviously I, I was excited about that one I knew it, I got it off the bat it, it barely went out surprisingly but you know I mean I, I wanted to really uh let that one sink in you know it's been a it's been a tough year for me and and to to be able to do that was a lot and and you know it's it's a really cool feeling coming around third base and seeing all those guys uh jumping up and down ready to embrace you We'll take the next one from Brian Hope. Hey, Clint, I know you told Meredith on the field you expected the clubhouse was going to be pretty loud, so what was it like uh, in that room? Uh, we'll call it Club 161st. That's that's what it felt like in there. Um, you know, but obviously, like I said, once midnight hits, you know, we have to turn the page and, 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 and think about tomorrow. But there was a, there was a lot of happiness in that room you know because we have been going through some stuff as a team and, and a lot of guys individually so you know when we all come together and, and the way that we did tonight to, to hold on to that lead or to keep the game where it was and then obviously win it was was big for a lot of us and it obviously you know gives us a little momentum going into tomorrow. I catch in the eighth inning how were you able to make that play? <sighs> uh a lot of practice from 2019, you know. Um, I've, I've really worked hard at my defense and tried to make it something that, you know, people can't talk about for the wrong reasons anymore. And, you know, that was a big play for me. And, and obviously, you know, Ruby and I were in a, I call it a unique situation going at it. But, you know, I'm the one coming in on the ball. And I'm just glad that, you know, the ball was able to stick in my glove. Tested. You know, you get hit in the mouth, it's about how you respond. And 
you know, what I saw from these guys tonight, you know, collectively, every guy that went up to the plate, every guy that came in out of that bullpen, you know, Domingo gave us some strong innings, you know, like every, everybody's ready to go fighting. And, um, you know, you just got to build off that and, you know, it's tough, you know, so getting swept, getting a loss, big loss like that, especially in extra innings, it's always tough and, you know, it takes a little time tonight, you know, to kind of, you know, recover from that, watch some film and, and kind of move on. But uh, I know every guy in that clubhouse will be ready to go after our off day in Minnesota. What about you on, on the first pitch? I think you're now 10 for 19 when you swing at the first pitch. That's like 526. What goes into that approach, Aaron, being that aggressive? Well, if I'm not going to get much to hit, you know, if they're going to, you know, give me a slider, give me a curveball, give me a fastball, you know, somewhere over the plate first pitch to try to steal an early strike, you know, why not, you know, take a hack at it? That might be the only pitch I see, you know, all night that I could actually do some damage or, you know, do anything on, you know. So for me, it's just about staying ready every pitch, you know, if it's the first or if it's a, you know, 10th pitch I see, it doesn't really matter. But for me, um, you know, just trying not to, you know, not trying to give up on any pitch. Thanks, Aaron. You're welcome. Tom Merriam, you have the next question. Aaron, what was missing in this series that kept you from winning any of the games? You know, looking back to the first first couple games, um, you know, we had a couple chances. I know I, you know, kind of speak for myself. You know, I had a couple chances with guys on base, and um, you know, kind of got to deliver. Um, but talking about tonight, you know, they're just a better team. You know, I felt like all around we played a pretty good game. You know, there's a couple things that you know need work, but you know, just from that back quality to different situations, I, I felt like guys really stepped up tonight and you know came down to it. They had to <laughs> they, they threw the last punch. So um, uh, that's that's a tough one right there. Brian Hoke, you have the next question. Aaron, uh, you guys talked about this week as a chance to make a statement. Uh, to lose five out of seven at home to Tampa Bay and Boston, uh, what does that tell you about this team, and where do you go from here? Uh, well, you build off tonight, you know. Yeah, yeah, we lost. Um, but like, like I've been saying all night, you know, this, that bad qualities, um, guys staying aggressive, guys, you know, just doing their job. You know, that's one of the most important things, you know, when it comes to teams, each guy individually doing their job you know not trying to do too much you know don't do you know anything extra just do your job and when you got you know nine guys in the lineup you know doing their job something special happens and you know all night tonight guys were aggressive in their zone you know taking their walks when they needed to you know scoring guys you know gt had a big at bat there you know to, to tie it up late um yeah yeah we've lost you know the five or seven you know whatever you said but you know, we still got about 100 games left in this season you know and that's what we got to focus on is a bigger picture and you know, we can't, you know, we can't sit here and listen to outside noise telling us that, you know, we're this and that. You know, I'm, I'm more worried about what we got in this clubhouse, the guys we got in this clubhouse, and um, focusing on doing what we need to do there, you know, and that's all we can really do. seen a replay of it yet um you know when i first saw it i was just kind of tracking the ball and you know hoping it wasn't getting out of the ballpark and then i i didn't see how close he got to the fence so i haven't even seen you know a replay of it you know to to make a real good judgment on it for you i feel like the the two at bats that you know would be thought about afterwards 
Edwards, Devers against Tyone in the sixth, and then Hernandez against Green. When you think back to, to those at-bats and then the pitches they got beat on, what stands out to you? Um, J-Mo got back in the count and, and obviously, you know, pitching, pitching a little carefully there and wanted to just go four-seam up at the top of the zone or even above the zone and see if he'll, we can get him to expand there. It looked like he pulled the ball a little bit and, and got it more down and, and on the inner half for the base hit. And then, you know, Hernandez did a good job of probably selling out high heater um, and got to it. You know, I thought Green struggled a little bit with the, you know, with the feel of his breaking ball. And I think, you know, Hernandez... You know, after getting blown away a little bit by it, I think just with two strikes, they're completely sold out and, you know, got on one about letter high and, and, you know, put a good swing on it. Ken David, please unmute. Aaron, as these losses pile up, uh, how much do you, are you concerned about it? You know, a snowball effect, about guys getting dispirited. Uh, not worried about that. Um, you know, I know the guys in that room, and we believe we're too good. Um, know that we're obviously going through a tough stretch. Know that this is part of it, and you know, we're taking our lumps right now. We got a, we got an opportunity to turn it around and, and at least salvage a series tomorrow. And that's what our focus and how we'll look at it is. Mark Cannizzaro, oh, go ahead. Kenny. No, it's okay. I said thank you. Okay. Mark Cannizzaro, please. Thanks, uh, Aaron. Can you speak a little bit about uh, about Stanton and his struggles since he's gotten back from the uh, uh, from the injured list? And I mean, obviously he's streaky anyway, but it seems like he's been really struggling. Yeah, just you know, struggling to get kind of locked in up there. I thought last night he had some good at bats, hit a ball hard to third, got the base hit that he smoked to left, and worked the walk. Um, but you know, he's he's kind of searching to to find it, and hopefully as he gets more consistent uh, reps here, he'll lock it in. Just as a, as a quick follow, I mean, it seems like statistically, as he goes, you're, it, it, it ignites your offense a little bit, you know, numbers-wise. Obviously, you're aware of that with the numbers there. Is, you know, what can that do if he, if he can kind of get himself right, you know, and get your maybe, what does that do to your offense? Well, I mean, he's, you know, he's an impact hitter. I mean, no, no two ways about it. So when he's going and obviously, you know, brings an on-base element, obviously tremendous power, you know, that's... You know, he's a run producer there. So we, we know that, you know, if we get him going, um, you know, that's that's a big cog in this lineup. Go next to Brendan Cuddy. Sam, it's not often that you guys are food, uh, at your home field as you guys leave. But what would you say to the fans who didn't get in a little impatient or concerned as you're talking about turning the page and this team doesn't seem to be turning around? Um, well, they care. I mean, that's, that's, you know, one of the things you love about playing here and loving our fan base is how much they care and are invested and, and want it. So, I mean, I wouldn't say anything other than that's, that's a result of a fan base that it matters to. And there's, you know, a group of guys in there that it really matters to, but we have a job to do of going to perform. Um, so it's important that we continue to grind this thing out. We know there's going to be lumps along the way, but we also know we have a club capable of digging our way out. Zach Brazil. 
Aaron, uh, you guys are 14 and 21 against uh, the AL East. How, how much of a problem is that? You know, when you look at that's a pretty large sample of games. Yeah, it's not good. And if we're going to be the club where we, we expect to be, we need to improve that and, and turn that around. seen a replay of it yet um you know when i first saw it i was just kind of tracking the ball and you know hoping it wasn't getting out of the ballpark and then i i didn't see how close he got to the fence so i haven't even seen you know a replay of it you know to to make a real good judgment on it for you i feel like the the two at bats that you know would be thought about afterwards devers against tyone in the sixth and then hernandez against green when you think back to to those at bats and then the pitches they got beat on what stands out to you um jmo got back in the count and and obviously you know pitching pitching a little carefully there want to just go four seam up at the top of the zone or even above the zone and see if he'll, we can get him to expand there. It looked like he p pulled the ball a little bit and, and got it more down and, and on the inner half for the base hit. And then, you know, Hernandez did a good job of probably selling out high heater um, and got to it. You know, I thought Green struggled a little bit with the, you know, with the feel of his breaking ball. And I think, you know, Hernandez... You know, after getting blown away a little bit by it, I think just with two strikes, they're completely sold out and, you know, got on one about letter high and, and, you know, put a good swing on it. Ken David, please unmute. Aaron, as these losses pile up, uh, how much do you, are you concerned about it? You know, a snowball effect about guys getting dispirited? Uh, not worried about that. Um, you know, I know the guys in that room, and we believe we're too good. Um, know that we're obviously going through a tough stretch. Know that this is part of it, and you know, we're taking our lumps right now. We got a we got an opportunity to turn it around and, and at least salvage a series tomorrow, and that's what our focus and how we'll look at it is. Mark Cannizzaro, oh, go ahead. Kenny. No, I was thank you. I said thank you. Okay, Mark Cannizzaro, please. Thanks, uh, Aaron. Can you speak a little bit about uh, about Stanton and his struggles since he's gotten back from the uh, uh, from the injured list? And I mean, obviously he's streaky anyway, but it seems like he's been really struggling. Yeah, just you know, struggling to get kind of locked in up there. I thought last night he had some good at bats, hit a ball hard to third, got the base hit that he smoked to left, and worked the walk. Uh, but you know, he's he's kind of searching to to find it, and hopefully as he gets more consistent uh, reps here, he'll lock it in. Just as a, as a quick follow, I mean, it seems like statistically, as he goes, you're, it, it, it ignites your offense a little bit, you know, numbers-wise. Obviously, you're aware of that with the numbers there. Is, you know, what can that do if he, if he can kind of get himself right, you know, and get your maybe, what does that do to your offense? Well, I mean, he's, you know, he's an impact hitter. I mean, no, no two ways about it. So when he's going and obviously, you know, brings an on-base element, obviously tremendous power, you know, that's... You know, he's a run producer there. So we, we know that, you know, if we get him going, um, you know, that's that's a big cog in this lineup. Go next to Brendan Cuddy. 
Sharon, it's not often that you guys are food uh, at your home field as you guys leave. But what would you say to the fans who've been getting a little impatient or concerned as you're talking about turning the page and this team doesn't seem to be turning around? Um, well, they care. I mean, that's, that's, you know, one of the things you love about playing here and loving our fan base is how much they care and are invested and, and want it. So, I mean, I wouldn't say anything other than that's, that's a result of a fan base that it matters to. And there's, you know, a group of guys in there that it really matters to, but we have a job to do of going to perform. Um, so it's important that we continue to grind this thing out. We know there's going to be lumps along the way, but we also know we have a club capable of digging our way out. Zach Brazil. Yeah, it's not good. And if we're going to be the club where we, we expect to be, we need to improve that and, and turn that around. Well, he really hit the shit out of that one, didn't he? <laughs> Yeah, and he scrambled the son of a bitch. Look at that, he hit the fucking bull. Gotta get some free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh yeah, I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. God, sucker teed off in there like he knew I was gonna throw a fastball. He did know. How? I told him. 